Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, college football fans across the nation and around the world. This is Tim May with the Tim May Podcast yet again. And yet again, I'm joined on here because one of my favorite co-pilots is developing. Uh, he's got skills of his own. He prefers to fly a stunt plane. But uh, we got this cargo plane in the air. Bill Bender of the Sporting News. Welcome back to the co-pilot seat of the Tim May Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me on, Tim. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. I'm slowly but surely getting rid of a cough. I hope it's uh, more, most of it's in my rearview mirror. I may be hitting a cough button from time to time, but uh, you're you're more than qualified to uh, fly this cargo plane full of rubber dog toys out of Hong Kong. What'd you think I was going to say there? That's a Top Gun reference. I caught yes, it. it. Is. Yes, it yeah, is. I'm good. We're all good. How, That's how um, they click. That's how they cleaned it up when they put it on network TV, uh, a cargo plane <laughs> full of rubber dog toys. But, uh, hey, real quick, man, uh, I've got a guest on, uh, for, been on here before, Donald Washington, former Ohio State cornerback, former NFL cornerback. He was on that 2007 Ohio State team that thought it had lost it all uh, after it lost to Illinois, came back and beat Michigan, and then hung on for two weeks before it got its official invite to the, uh, back then, the Bowl Championship Series title game against LSU. So stuff has been happening wildly in college football for a while now. Isn't that right, Bill? Yeah. I mean, what a wild, uh, you know, a couple weeks here. And, uh, you know, Ohio State obviously was the beneficiary of a couple things that happened this weekend. And rightfully so. I mean, people that were trying to make a case for Alabama or Tennessee, I mean, I think the committee did, one, a good job of looking at the entire body of work for Ohio State. But two, and I wouldn't call it a penalty. I think they rank the teams appropriately. You know, you can say that Ohio State's better than TCU, and they probably are. But I think TCU earned their way to that number three spot by playing in a 13th game and, you know, winning, losing a three-point game to, to Kansas State. So I had no issues whatsoever with one, two, three, and four. Yeah. Stronger strength of schedule, too, for uh, – stronger strength of schedule, too, for, for TCU all the way along. And they, like you said, they won 12 games, not 11. You know, the way I look at it, the college football playoff committee is pitting the two best unbeaten teams against the two best one-loss teams. Agreed? Absolutely. And, um, you know, there was this narrative floating around, and, and I heard this a little bit, that it was like, did they re reward Georgia enough for going 13-0? and Well, that's not the object of ranking teams. It's That's where Ohio State fell um, into that number four spot. Now, it creates a tremendous challenge for Georgia, but it also creates a tremendous challenge for Ohio State. Oh, Going yeah. on the road to Atlanta, that high-powered offense, and, and going to be tested by the defending national champs in understatement, hostile territory in the South. So um, makes for great TV, and I think Michigan earned their way into the number two. And, you know, TCU's still going to challenge them in some interesting ways, I think. I don't know yep. that the Horned Frogs got enough to win, but these are good matchups. I'm happy with it. Yeah, TCU just uh, forgets about it and airs it out and lets uh, Duggan, Duggan do his thing if, in fact, he's healthy enough. It's funny how they hid him from the camera during the announcement on uh, on Sunday, TCU uh, fellow players, et cetera. Uh, but it was, you know, I'm the, the game, the two games are almost a month away. It's, it's a preseason camp away, another preseason camp away for Ohio State to get its act together, uh, for TCU to get Duggan, uh, Max Duggan, uh, healthy, et cetera. And uh, so I'm looking forward to it. And and it's it's filled with intrigue because you could have Georgia versus TCU uh, the, week, the week and a half later, or you could have 
Ohio State versus Michigan, duh, a week and a half later. Sorry about that. I thought I had all of my stuff turned off, but I did not. Uh, but you could have that game, a rematch a week later. You know, and Ryan Day even admitted, you know, because he's usually pretty pretty honest with us, except when we ask him about anything to do with injuries. And he's honest then. He just doesn't tell us anything. Uh, but, uh, but he – you know, it slipped it slipped into his mind. Yeah, there's a chance they could play Michigan again. Would you like to see that this year? I mean, it'd be great for the Big Ten. It'd be great for that rivalry in some ways. Um, I don't know if either side could really handle it. I think a rematch, as they typically do, favors the team that lost the first one. Yep. You know, how many times have we seen that? Whether it was Florida, Florida State in 96, Alabama, LSU in 09, last year, where yeah. Georgia, Alabama. Alabama won on Georgia. And I just remember last year going into that championship game and maybe I was brainwashed in thinking Nick Saban's going to win. And a lot of the writers there were like, no, nah, I'm on Georgia. And I was like, until then I got into the game. And as I started watching in the first quarter, I'm like, yeah, Georgia's going to win. So yeah. you live and learn from that. But I do, I think a rematch would favor Ohio state with the, you know, being on turf, uh, having the motivation to come off that, having the more talented team in some ways, but you know, when you're talking about NFL talent, now that's not, taking anything away from what Michigan did in the horseshoe a couple of weeks ago. And Michigan absolutely could beat Ohio state again with, with that running attack, with the way that they played, they figured something out that that just doesn't mesh well with Ohio state. But I mean, all of that could come together. Um, yeah. So it's going to be a lot of fun to figure out if we get there, it'd be great for the big 10 though. I've seen yeah, enough think... SEC championship rematches, Tim. I, I'll take a big 10 one. Yeah. I was going to say, man, the big 10, uh, you know, has three teams in the top seven of the final college football playoff committee rankings. The Big Ten East, the beast. Uh, is that legit in your opinion? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think Ohio State and Michigan have proven that. I mean, if you look at the records, I, Joel Clapp was hitting on this during the Big Ten championship game, the top three records in college football the last two seasons, one is Georgia, two is Michigan, three is Ohio State. Yeah. And Michigan and Ohio State have separated them. It's not – it does feel a little like big two, little 12, soon to be, I don't know where we're going to factor. Well, UCLA wait a minute, big, big two, medium Penn State, and little little 13, right? Or medium whatever. rare or medium yeah. well Penn State, yeah. which one are we doing? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, <laughs> Penn State three, and I think Michigan State on any given year is decent. I do like, and we I don't know if we've talked since, I love Wisconsin hiring Luke Fickle. I think he's going to be a home run. I think it's the best hire of this coaching cycle because I think he'll take what he did at Cincinnati and elevate that program. So I'll say yeah. medium, medium, well, Penn state, medium, rare, Wisconsin, either way. But yeah, like Penn state being in the Rose bowl is a great thing. And I think if those three teams perform well, it's, it's, it can only mean good things for that big 10 East you were talking about. Yeah. I mean, I think they got their just desserts because at one point this year we were, you know, people were throwing out there a possibility of three Southeastern Conference teams in the college football playoff Final Four. Ends up being one. Ends up one begging to be in it, uh, uh, not qualified. And ends up one uh, basically could have been a uh, spoiler, uh, gets gets racked by Georgia. Hey, real quick before I move on to my conversation with Donald Washington. Um, is Georgia – Head, is Georgia head and shoulders better than everybody else in the in the Final Four, or is do you see a Georgia and a Michigan that look a lot alike? No, I think it's one, two, three. I, I 
we said all these nice things about TCU, but I'm going to lay it out for you as honest as I can. I don't think they're capable of winning two games in this format. I, you know, they could upset Michigan, but I don't see TCU beating either Ohio State or a Georgia in a championship game. Um, so I like Michigan, obviously, to get to Los Angeles. And when we go from there, it's one of two doors. It's either, yeah, it's one of two doors for the Buckeyes, honestly. They're going down to Atlanta, like I said. When they get on the field and you'll be down there, my editor will be there. The collection of NFL talent is going to be overwhelming to watch on TV. Yes. It, it, for Ohio State, it's either do they come out like they did in 14 when they're going to hear for three weeks that they got no chance yeah. and beat in Alabama, or are they going to come out like they did a couple of years later when they were an underdog and Clemson throttled them? Yeah. And I, I think it's one of the two doors. Now, Georgia's a very good team. They're Michigan with more five-star talent. The Stetson Bennett's like a very good quarterback, very good decision maker. They've got great tight ends, good running game. And I think it will really come down to Ohio State's offensive line against that Georgia defensive line because if they give C.J. Stroud time, like LSU did, he'll make some plays. So I like Ohio State to cover. And if I'm being honest, early read on the game, I like Georgia to win, but that's such an easy take. That it would, I will say, it would not surprise me if Ohio State goes in there, competes, keeps it close. And if it's a four quarter game when you have that much talent, who knows? Yeah. Two plays can swing a game like that, man, like you're talking about, uh, one way or the other, when I think it's that close. Well, hey, let's get to my conversation with Donald Washington, because he was on that 2007 Ohio State team that couldn't stop Juice Williams sneaking up the middle, as I remind him a couple of times. Uh, And Illinois pulls that upset in Ohio Stadium, but Ohio State bounces back, beats Michigan. And then hangs on Sloopy for two weeks to get uh, – they ended up being the most bona fide of, of finally the two teams in the college football playoff that – the, the excuse me, the Bowl Championship Series championship game that year. LSU had to, like, win its way in and hope other things happened, and and they did for LSU. And, of course, LSU ended up winning the national championship uh, in a really wild game in the Superdome. But let's get to my conversation with – Donald Washington about what it was like waiting to get that invitation again and what he sees in these Buckeyes that they can correct, fix, improve before they take on Georgia. And as promised, man, return, return, encore performance by Donald Washington, former cornerback for Ohio State, former cornerback in the National Football League. Donald Washington, welcome back to the Tim May Podcast. Yes, sir, Tim. I appreciate you for having me, bro. I know you do, man. Nah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just buttering you up there. Uh, <laughs> you know why I got you on, man? 2007, yes, 2007, Ohio State finished the regular season. Uh, didn't look like it had much of a shot at playing in, for the uh, in the back then the bowl championship series championship game because you guys couldn't stop Juice Williams quarterback sneaking from Illinois. Uh, what a game before y'all did turn around and beat Michigan, but uh, it looked like the season from the standpoint of going for a national championship was done. But you know, as I as I'm always explaining to people, you got to let things play out, right? You got to let mm-hmm. things play out. Mm-hmm. So you can you can by association uh, understand what this Ohio State team has gone through over the last week and a half of losing badly to Michigan. 22 points, that's bad loss to Michigan, right? First of all, I never lost to Michigan, so I can't relate there. Uh, you can't but. relate. Exactly. I forgot about <laughs> that. You're one of those guys. You, you, Archie Griffin, and a bunch of other guys can't <laughs> relate to that. Uh, 
you, do you still have all your gold pants? Yes, I do. Okay, good. Anyway, I just thought I'd throw it out there. You know, always take a census when you can, right? Uh, <laughs> but then this team turns around, and now it's in the college football playoff, uh, college football playoff semifinals because USC got beat by Utah for a second time this year. Uh, what do you think is going on in these players' minds of having this new life, man? Just give, give me an example. Give me an idea of what went on with you guys back in 2007. You know, honestly, Tim, man, um, it was kind of nerve-wracking for real. You know what I mean? Because when I when I go back to the team that I was on, um, we needed a lot to happen. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We needed more than one team to lose. You know what <laughs> I'm saying? So it was, it was a little nerve-wracking. It was kind of, uh, you know what I'm saying, a lot of anxiety. Um, and that's that that comes from when you no longer control your destiny. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, you know what I'm saying, the ball's no longer in your court. So filled with anxiety, um, just hope, hoping, praying, wishing. Um, so I feel like these guys, you know, coming off of a – you know, a bad loss to Michigan at home, you know, it's, it's senior day. Um, I know a lot of these guys have a sour taste in their mouths. You know what I mean? Coaches included. It was, it wasn't, it wasn't just a great, it, we collectively, we just didn't perform on, on that day. You know what I mean? And Michigan yeah. did, you know what I'm saying? So it's not to take anything away from Michigan. Michigan's a pretty good football team, man. Um, and it's taking me a lot to say that because I don't really like them. But, you know, they're a pretty good football team. Um, and I think they executed. You know what I mean? They executed. Um, and so I think the biggest thing that we have to fix is just preparation and understanding our assignment. Because a lot of times big plays happen for missed assignments, whether it be a missed tackle or a guy lining up wrong or run defense, you know, gap integrity is very important. Yeah. Especially when you play in a team like Michigan, where they play with multiple tight ends, condensed formations, you know what I'm saying? Pulling guards and stuff like that, misdirection, gap integrity and responsibility is very important. You know what I'm saying? And then yeah. when you have a game of that type of magnitude, everything is, is intensified. You yeah. know what I mean? So, yeah. I think going into the playoffs, we have to – I feel like the playoffs is filled with that Michigan-Ohio State game type of energy. You know what I'm saying? You're going to have to play that type of game twice. You know what I mean? So yes. I think the one thing that got these guys learned, you know, I think adversity is – it reveals character. You know what I mean? And I, I, I really like Coach Day. Coach, Coach Hartline, you know, was one of my teammates. So I just kind of know – I just feel like I know how 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 they are, how they're going to recover, how they're going to respond just from, you know, being around those two. And then I just know that Coach Day, you know, he's a good leader, so that's going to be a trickle-down effect throughout the team. Um, but just from a competitive standpoint, man, I, I would say after losing to Michigan or just losing the rivalry game in general – or just losing a game where you feel like you know you could play better. You just – I feel like you losing sleep waiting for that next game, whoever it is. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Whatever stage it's on, you're just looking forward for the opportunity to kind of redeem yourself. So, you know, I'm, I'm really, as a former Buckeye, as a fan of the Buckeyes, you know what I'm saying, I'm just really looking forward to the response from the team. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's, I think we all that's are. probably the biggest yeah. thing for me, you know what I'm saying, regardless of who we have to play. Just <laughs> just knowing what we're capable of and seeing us play as close to our potential as we can. Well, talk, talk to me about this, though. You guys got beat by Juice Williams in Illinois. You remember that game probably like it was yesterday, I would think. I do. There were some weird things that went on in that game. Bottom line is y'all got beat. How did y'all summon it? I mean, what what, what do you remember Coach Trestle uh, being all about, you know, like uh, the next week before you guys played Michigan? Obviously, you beat Michigan. And uh, so you were still alive, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But but mm-hmm. uh what did y'all get what did y'all get straightened out in that interim? You know what I mean? But then yeah. how weird were the next two weeks waiting for somebody else to do your business for you? You following? Mm-hmm. I follow you. Um, so like I was saying, man, the first things we had to do was connect or correct our mistakes. You know what I'm saying? Like all great leaders talk about control what you can control, right? Yeah. Um and once you watch the film and you kind of have to sit with the good and the bad, you you kind of move forward with like with the, with the plan and how we're going to execute moving forward. So I'm sure over practice, it was a lot of cleanup type of type of practice, not really just beating each other up, but probably had like practice where it was a lot of mental reps, a lot of film work, um, stuff like that, and just you know what I'm saying. Getting back to the reality of, reality of it, though, okay, guys, we lost one game. It was the last game of the regular season. We're still 11-1. and one. You know what I mean? We're still a top-five team in the country. So yeah. let's not lose sight. We our, our goals are still in sight. We didn't win the Big Ten Championship. We didn't win beat Michigan. But we can still kind of recover from that. You know what I'm saying? We win the national championship. You know what I'm saying? That would kind of make a lot of that feel better. Yeah. So that's kind of what we hung our hat on. The, the fact that hope was still alive, all we could control was what we could control. But given the opportunity, we were doing everything we could to make sure we were putting our best foot forward. Um, whether that means rest and recovery, what you're putting into your body. Um, times like this, I think it's important to not pay attention to outside sources because doubt and negativity can start to creep in. So you know what I'm saying? Just yeah. manage, managing and handling distractions. And just like I said, man, just being locked in um, to have a chance to play at a national championship, man, not everybody gets that. But then to have two chances to, you know, to be granted that second chance after you felt like you lost it, man, you got to really just you really got to just grab that opportunity, man, and take advantage of it. And I think as long as we just do everything that we can to make sure we're playing at our peak potential, man, I think we belong on the field with anybody. You know what I'm saying? But if we don't play our best and we think we can just show up and beat people, I mean, we, we've kind of seen what happened. So yeah. that's that's well, my take on it. Yeah. Now, for the record, you guys got beat by LSU in that national championship game in the Superdome. Mm-hmm. You remember that? Mm-hmm. I do. And, uh, and really, Donald, I'm holding you and your team responsible for the myth that started that uh, Big Ten teams couldn't play, couldn't run. With mm-hmm. Southeastern Conference teams, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because y'all lost two mm-hmm. straight to Southeastern Conference teams yep. for national yep. championships. And that's yep. where that whole rigmarole got started. Yeah, Like I've always said, when you're in a zone, the other guy's running, you look slow. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yep. we'll get yep. into all that. But the bottom line <laughs> yeah. is, y'all did come out like a like a wildfire in that game against LSU and mm-hmm. had a shot at it if a couple yep. things had gone the other direction, right? But 100%. the point is – you had to feel good about the way y'all came out for that game, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, you know sports, man. <laughs> it's not how you start. 
It's how you finish. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And we talked about Ohio State doing what they were supposed to do for 30 minutes, 40 minutes or so, but it's a 60 minute game. You know what I mean? So you can, you can, you can be on top of a team for 15 minutes or whatever, but at the end of the day, it's who making the most plays, who's playing the best discipline football, yeah, stake free football, that type of thing. If you go back to our Ohio State game, man, we had some missed opportunities, or that LSU game, we had some missed opportunities, you know what I'm saying, for us yes. to really take control of that game, and we didn't. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, that's like on a, a small scale of just taking advantage of opportunities. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So throughout the game, there's a lot of missed opportunities. And then, you know, it cost us in, in the grand scheme of things. So, yeah. Uh, Just like but, this Ohio State team. I mean, yeah. they had a chance to take control of that Michigan game. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of kick a couple of field goals, instead of scoring touchdowns, they're up 20 to 17 at the half. Michigan's still in it. Michigan has, you know, he gets the ball first in the second half, mm-hmm. goes down and scores. Mm-hmm. It kind of flips the script a little bit. But what I'm leading up to here is, this team can look back on about five or six plays defensively where they let the man out the gate. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And yeah, when, when they take it to the house, there's no – you got to match that touchdown, right? I mean, yeah. uh, that that's what happened is they didn't get the mm-hmm. match matching part, but they also let these big plays. I wanted to ask you, as you watched the secondary play in that game, what bothered you the most about maybe the way Ohio State played defensively against Michigan this year? Um. Honestly, man, the Michigan game usually isn't filled with so many big plays, you know, so that was a little disappointing as a defensive player um, to just see us give up big play after big play. And it, was a, it wasn't like they were just gashing us, but it was, it seemed like for a while we just couldn't fix it. We couldn't put a stop to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so that was bad. The tackling, you know what I'm saying, just being that era of – we really prided ourselves on being a stiff defense. You know what I'm saying? Playing a assi- good assignment football. Everybody yeah. knowing what they're supposed to do, playing fast without thinking. Um, so to see some hesitation out there, um, and it was just like we were kind of on our heels a lot. You know what I mean? So that was that was it. You know what I mean? But it's tough when when momentum is is against you. You know what I'm saying? And when yeah. the team kind of has your number and it's like, you know, I've been on that defense where it's like, we can't stop it right now. You know what I'm saying? We we need to catch a break somehow, you know, hopefully somebody can make a play or we get off the field. Um, kind of like whack-a-mole, like, right? You get this yeah, guy, you hit this thing down yeah, and nothing and pops pop up. up over here. Yeah. And, there, and, and then it was like, it just kind of kept going. Um, but I honestly, man, it wasn't really until about probably two minutes left in the game until I was like, okay, this this might be real now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they really done came in here and beat us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, last couple things. Um, just defensively, when you looked at this team, like we talked about, you take away five plays, you can't do that. Five mm-hmm. plays for over 350 yards. They scored yeah. touchdowns on all five of them. Two of them yeah. were those last two runs, which were really just sort of like – the man's down, now you're going to kick him in the head twice, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like what it felt like, I'm sure. Um, but do, 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 do you see this defense being able to fix what went wrong there? I mean, what – I mean, did they, did, they, did, they put, it, did they put defenders too much on an island or too much into 
uh, you know, just one guy, and if you bust that coverage, boom, the guy's gone type thing. Just what what do you think they could fix? Go ahead. Um, I think, you know, there's a couple game plan things that we could correct. Um, and then I think, you know, sometimes in those big games, guys are a lot eager to make big plays. So instead of just getting a guy down, you might go for a kill shot. You know what I'm saying? Instead of yeah. making a short, a short catch, you might go for the highlight catch. Um, so I think just relaxing and making the simple plays will help. Um, simplifying the game will help. Um, and then I think um, being able to adjust and adapt throughout the game, you know what I'm saying? I think that's going to be big for us, you know what I'm saying? Because you could have a game plan going into a game, you know what I'm saying? But Coach Trestle used to always tell us everybody has a plan until they get hit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then once you start getting hit, you might have to alter that plan or adjust that plan a little bit, you know what I'm saying? And on this stage at the end of the college football season, everybody's hitting. Everybody's throwing haymakers out there. So you got to be able to throw some and, and eat some a little bit. So yeah, um, I just think, man, the good thing as a Buckeye fan, I think a lot of that was correctable mistakes. You know what I'm saying? Just relax and play the football that we know we can play. Make the game simple. And it comes down to blocking and tackling. Don't you know watch I mean? it. Yeah. Hey, thanks for joining me again, man. What are you up to? What do people uh, need to know about you? Yes, sir. I'm living life, man. I've relocated myself to Texas. Um, still have my nonprofit organization, Giving Back to the Youth, Smooth Transition. Yeah. So I'm mentoring the uh, inner city young men. Um, and then I started a trucking company. I got into the logistics world. and started a logistics company. I won't say it's a little more than trucking. We're just in the trucking phase right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's how I'm keeping myself busy, man. Uh, and just living and enjoying life. Yeah. Trying to be a good vessel for others. There you go, ladies and gentlemen, Donald Washington. I mean, uh, he paid the price. He played football at the highest level. He understands what football is all about. He understands what bouncing back is all about, yes, about sir. having new life. And just because you get new life doesn't mean you end up winning, but you get another mm -hmm. shot at it, right? You get Donald? another shot, and that's, that's all you want is a chance. Yeah. That's all you need is a chance, man. That's all you need. Hey, that's all you need is a chance. That ought to be Ohio State's uh, – uh, a motto going into this one, but uh, yes, sir. <laughs> Donald, thanks once again for joining the Tim May podcast through mm. my coughing phase, my man. And uh, <laughs> you know how much I appreciate you, and I will be in touch. and And good luck with this trucking venture, and also yes, with your nonprofit because your nonprofit's doing good work, man. Yes, sir. Tim, as always, man, you know the feeling is mutual, man. You know that. Happy holidays, too, my man. Yes, sir. Good seeing you, bro. I'll talk soon. Appreciate Donald Washington, man. Uh, he's one of my favorite guys that's played at Ohio State. He and I had some differences at one point while he was there, but uh, we clearly smoothed those out. But uh, always appreciate his input. And, uh, Bill, bottom line is Ohio State's got basically three weeks plus a, a bowl week to maybe fix some things. Uh, and like I pointed out, this year's Michigan game was not like last year's Michigan game where Michigan just sort of dominated the line of scrimmage and just ran over them. This was five, as I call them, incendiary plays that Michigan pulled off for over 355 yards and five touchdowns that just changed this game. You know, just when Ohio State was seeming to get a grip on it each time. Uh, what do you think needs to improve with Ohio State in these next couple of weeks? 
Well, I mean, they're going to be practicing with an edge. I mean, sometimes when you're dealing with, like I said earlier, 18 to 22 year olds, you, hmm. you kind of sense that Friday. I heard Brian David was talking about that where, you know, once you see USC lose and as an 18 year old, you're like, Oh wait, we got a chance to play. You saw Marvin Harrison tweeting about it. Um, yeah. Improvement will have to come. I mean, the running backs have to get healthy. You have to, if they, if Georgia makes them one dimensional, they're in trouble. They're going to have to be able to run the ball, even if it's, in like four yard chunks and stay patient with it. Um, and then defensively it's, it's the run fits. It's not allowing those incendiary plays. They're going to have to find Brock Bowers. He's a problem. Um, he is a, uh, if you were making like, he's the alter to Marvin Harrison for Ohio state, then there's Brock Bowers. You put them on the same side on an NFL team. You're going to be pretty good. So, yeah. um, that, Washington, that guy is a load. Right. That's another one, like a six, yeah. nine tight end. And yeah. Bennett has the experience. So, and another stat that I I've paid attention to the last couple of weeks, Stetson Bennett has not taken a sack in six games. Wow. So imagine a half a season without taking a sack. So if Ohio state can't pressure him with JT, with Jack Sawyer, with, uh, you know, Zach Harrison coming off the interior, it's going to be a long night in Atlanta, but it's, it's a long checklist, Tim. Yeah. But I'm telling you, it's a manageable one. Yeah. And what bothered you? You know, what what bothered you besides the incendiary plays that Ohio State gave up to Michigan was at critical times, they pressured J.J. McCarthy, but didn't contain him. And he got these little nitpick first downs. You know what I mean? They kept drives alive. And of course, he had that uh, the, the most the most regular kind of touchdown was his keeper, that power play he ran off left side where he actually ran around his blocker and ran into the guy the guy was going to block and still scored a touchdown uh they can't let because Stetson Bennett's really good at those little nitpick scrambles for a first down that keeps drives alive and keeps you on the field right I mean that's that's what they've got to get figured out Talia Tungavaloa had some success doing that against Ohio State the week before they played Michigan so those are the little things that will add up to something big right but but this idea that some people have that Georgia is this monster that can't be contained or are beaten. Uh, I, you know, I beg to differ. I look at the Kentucky game. I look at the game again at Missouri where they escaped. I look at that game against Kent State when Kent State made some plays against that defense. Uh, there, there will be opportunities for Ohio State to not only be in the game but to make plays, right? Oh, for sure. And, you know, this is a game I've wanted to see since Justin Fields was at Ohio State. Yeah. You know, I've thought for the last – if you did a cumulative, whatever, the last three years or so, Ohio State's pretty much had the best offense in college football and or not Michigan, Georgia has had the best defense. Yeah. Um, and last year I would have said, I'm taking Georgia in this game hands down because they had 15 NFL guys on the field, including five first round picks. Yeah. Um, this year, it, it like I said, there, there's, I think the six and a half point spread is about right because I mean, if it gets over seven, that's easy money on Ohio state for me. What it becomes too is a, so you can run about, run about both ways, Tim, like Ryan day takes them to the national championship. They win it. Easy story. If Ryan day takes them down here and they get bludgeoned, there's going to be some interesting conversations in central Ohio, all of which to me are preposterous. He's not going anywhere. Um, yeah. But it's also C.J. Stroud, a legacy chance for him. He's probably going to finish third or fourth in the Heisman voting. He's probably going to have to stand on the, what do they call it, a daze, a podium, a whatever that is, and watch somebody else win that award. 
and uh, an opportunity for him to, to, I, I think it's almost unfair how he's been treated. It reminds me of Chad Henney at Michigan where he had a solid, awesome career, but when you don't win the game, people judge you on that. I mean, if Stroud goes out and wins a national championship, the entire narrative on him is going to change. Yeah. I think if he wins this game against Georgia, it changes yep. a lot. Hey, real quick before we go, uh, I've got a Heisman vote. I'm not allowed to say what it is until afterwards. Uh, do you have a Heisman vote? I did. I voted this morning. Um, okay. Well, don't. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to try to get you in trouble. But who I are can, the, who are, I who are the top three? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I'll just throw around the name. So I have a tradition where I, you know, my son before he get Grant before he goes to school, I'm like, you want to watch? You want to help me vote here? And then I'll kind of type in the names and look at them, and I'm like, am I correct? And if a sixth grader says I'm good, we're good. Um, we, I think some of the names that you'll see in this ballot, Max Duggan certainly with TCU. Oh yeah. CJ Stroud. Yep. We talked about him. Uh, Caleb Williams, obviously fantastic playmaker. I think it stretches down to a Bryce Young even. He's not going to win the award, but um, certainly had great numbers. And it just, it's unfortunate. A couple guys that I thought had real good chances, Hendon Hooker at Tennessee, brilliant season. And um, Michigan's Blake Corum had a chance. And then I'm wondering if Stetson Bennett will get there. It's an interesting scenario for him. It's a guy that couldn't, um, they didn't, they, okay, I'll tell it to you this way, Tim. Georgia fans wanted JT Daniels to start the championship game last year. Yeah. And Stetson Bennett not only won a national championship, has a chance to get a second one, doesn't have gaudy statistics, but like you said, kind of that leader type player that basically doesn't mess it up with the talent he has around him. So uh, it'd be interesting to see if he gets to New York as well. He's a clutch dude. Hey, when it's time to put a, put a pass on the money, lot, some of his passes, you kind of go, what the heck? But when it's time to put a pass on the money, this guy delivers, man. And uh, you know, I was saying, go Stetson Fitz, you know. And then he knows how to use those those tight ends. I'm telling you, the tight end is – people have heard me say this a million times. I'll say it a million and one. Nobody covers the tight end consistently at any level of football and, and definitely in college football. And he, is, he has exploited that probably as well as anybody even this year. And getting Brock Bowers and uh, and Darnell Washington involved just and then that sets up things for a couple of those wide receivers. I'm not sure about their wide receiver core, but I just like Stetson Bennett because, like I said, he can scramble and make a play, make a first down, keep a drive alive, and then hit a guy right on the button and uh, break your heart. You know, and they scored 50 points in that SEC championship game. You know, everybody's talking about their defense, their defense, their defense. They scored 50 on a on a on the SEC West champion. So they've got the firepower and I think they've got the uh, trigger man. Agreed? Yeah, for sure. Hey, yeah, real quick. Sure. Yeah. yeah I mean, I'm not revealing who, who I'm voting for in what order, but you just named the guys who are all on my list. I want to ask you one last thing before we go. You know, people think voting for the Heisman is just a, but I'm like you, man, especially in the computer age, it used to be, you got used to get a written ballot right. uh, or we had to write it down. But when you're looking there on that, on that page, on that computer page, and you're going one, two, and three, you realize, don't you, that you're going to play a significant role in somebody being in a Nissan commercial down. No, I'm just joking. But you're going to play a significant role in a man's legacy. That that does give you a pause, doesn't it? 
I'm biased because I think it's the coolest award in, in all of sports. It's yeah. the most iconic trophy by far. You know, how many guys have done the Heisman pose? You know, I don't maybe not bring up Desmond, but others have done it in the in recent seasons. And uh um I think it's a it's an honor to do it. And that's why I said like I bring my son over and we'll we'll talk and I'm like, are these correct? And he he follows it enough that he makes me laugh. He'll even call me out. Um yeah. I always tell the story the first year I voted for it. Um, I voted or not first year, but early, uh, voted for Tua over Kyler a couple years ago. And my buddies were telling me how wrong I was. And I was like, wait a minute, man, I'm not wrong. This is my vote. You know, yeah. I've earned this and, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes, but no, I love it every year. And like I said, the ceremony's cool to watch. I do think CJ will get there. I don't know that he'll win it, but, um, pretty cool. I mean, what is that? Ohio state last Five years, four guys have been finalists. Yeah. I mean, yeah. at the quarterback position, that's a pretty good track record. Hey, you know what? One last thing. I don't apologize for voting for all quarterbacks because the quarterback is is more important than ever in college football anymore. He's the man more often than not that has the ball in his hands when it's crunch time. Uh, you know, back in the day, back in the day of the IBACs, that was a total different kind of football. Uh I, I really you just look at like what happened. To USC the other night when Caleb Williams was healthy and when he wasn't. When Max Dugan, you know, why TCU didn't go to Max Dugan two more times and let him punch that ball in in that overtime game, I have no idea. And you, CJ Stroud, put a couple of passes on the money in that Michigan game that weren't caught that could have changed everything, still threw for over 300 yards. These are the guys, man. And uh, I don't apologize for it all. Bill Bender, I definitely never apologize when you're my co pilot, my man. I get off this plane feeling really good about the way the flight went and the way we landed that sucker. Don't you? Absolutely. It was fun talking to you and hopefully let's uh, catch up again before uh, hopefully maybe before the Chick-fil-A peach bowl down there in Atlanta. Well, we got to, cause I owe you about four or five dinners. So we got to catch up sometime, you know, yeah. maybe you need to catch me if you know what I'm saying, but uh, ladies and gentlemen for Bill Bender, this is Tim May with the Tim May podcast until next week. We'll see you then.